The following is a live broadcast of a Lone Star Community Radio program, recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and Facebook.com slash IRLoneStar. For more information on this show, please visit our show page at IRLoneStar.com slash shows. To sponsor or donate to this program, visit our donate page at IRLoneStar.com slash donate, or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com, or give us a call at 936-666-1084. Lone Star Community Radio production and broadcast is possible by folks like you. So sponsor and donate today. You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rick Schisler. I'm a Silver Fox advisor and the founder of One Best Consult. Welcome to today's weekly business hour. Glad you've taken time to join us today. As you may know, we broadcast live from downtown Conroe, Texas. We're on Lone Star Community Radio. Conroe, by the way, is one of the fastest growing cities in America. So this is a great place to be in business and I believe to talk about business. And if you're a regular listener, you know that we talked about business here. We come up with ideas, suggestions. We have uh, listener input, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. And we try to help each other, help each other get through the tough times and really succeed in the great times. So glad you're here. We've got a wonderful guest joining us today, going to talk about business. Uh, But before we do that, I want to remind you, as I try to do every week, the show is not only broadcast on the FM radio and over the internet and whatnot, but it's live on Facebook and YouTube. So if you so desire, you can watch as well as listen to us live here on the Weekly Business Hour. Also, I want to mention we have a great sponsor uh, right now, and I, want, I, I personally like to make comments on some of these sponsors because uh, it's, it's an opportunity for certain people who I believe are listening to the show. And this sponsor is Empower Franchise Consulting. Uh, Linda Ballastars is the uh, main person there. Uh, she's been on the show some time ago talking about franchising as an option for starting a business. And if you're of a mind that you're thinking about that, thinking about starting your business and just kind of want to look at the franchise model, uh, like anything, there are pros and cons, uh, but it is something I recommend to people sometimes when I visit with them about starting a business. So if you've recently been downsized due to the pandemic, maybe now is time to revisit that dream and take some action about owning your own business. So Linda leverages, she's got over 30 years of experience, primarily in the banking industry. She's looked at a lot of clients, a lot of loans, a lot of businesses. So she has that experience and background to be a great advisor. So I encourage you, reach out to Linda. It's very simple. Linda at M, that's the capital M Power Franchise Consulting.com. Linda at EmpowerFranchisingConsulting.com, or if you wish to call, 832-640-4922. Well, let's get to the show today. Like I mentioned, we have a wonderful guest here in the studio with us. Uh, Mr. Rich Hall is joining us. He is the mainstay of the Rich Hall Group, and you can take a look at them at www.richhallgroup.com. Rich is an executive coach and a well-known advisor to primarily privately owned businesses and family businesses, which is something we're going to talk about uh, today. 
We're going to have a conversation really centered around helping family-owned businesses achieve their vision of success. Welcome, Rich. Hey, thank you, Rick. Thanks for having me, and thank you for the listeners for joining us. Let's have a good time today. Well, we're definitely going to have a good time. I, I, I know that it's a wonderful topic, talking about family-owned businesses, the advantages and disadvantages of owning a family-owned business. Uh, but more importantly, once you are a family-owned business, right, finding mm -hmm. success. To get started, I like to, when I introduce a guest, get him to give us a little bit of background so the listener gets an idea of who's doing all the talking. Yeah, well, thank you. Like a lot of people, I've got a unique perspective throughout my career. Uh, I've worked for Fortune 10 corporations that were both, whether highly innovative or highly structured. Uh, we've started up family-owned businesses ourselves. My wife currently runs one, so I know exactly what that's like. Uh, I've been a president of a multinational, actually international, second-generation, 68-year-old family-owned uh, company, as well as worked in other family-owned businesses throughout uh, my career. So the common theme throughout all of these was that all of these companies were in some stage of either ambitious goals they were trying to accomplish or challenges that you know, were, were causing them to struggle at the time. And for each one of them, I had a great time. Many were successes, many were failures that I learned a lot from. But what I said was the common theme is that I really enjoyed helping companies, especially privately held, to achieve their vision of success, whatever that may be. And we'll talk about it a little bit more as we get in further into our discussion, but, uh, people's different visions of success may be more than just what you would think around things like profitability. So I formed Rich Hall Group, which is an executive coaching firm. And I like personally to attach my name to something. So that, you know, shows that I'm truly bought in. And I've also, the group aspect is that for many privately held companies, especially family owned, they may not have all the resources available to them that people recommend you need, whether it's like a chief financial officer or a sales executive or say a marketing team to manage all of the uh, social media aspects that come around today. And what we do is if there's an opportunity there that makes sense, we bring in some of those resources on a fractional basis to really help the company get going. And then once they get to where they need to be, we transition off and help guide them on their way. So. That's what we do and what we enjoy doing. Hope to keep doing it for a long time to come. Well, you know, one of the things I want our listeners to understand about you, when I went through your background, your resume, so to speak, and your history, one of the things that stuck out to me is, you know, you mentioned your wife has a family-owned business. Mm -hmm. You've had a family-owned business yourself. You were family. Right. But you have managed or worked in family-owned businesses. You've been on both sides of that table. And I think that's important for people to understand that you've got a really broad perspective of this topic. Well, and thank you, Ray. You're right because things that people don't quite understand about family-owned businesses is that uh, their vision of success, again, may be much different than what you would expect. So many times people that come from, say, an oil major or a publicly owned company, you know, their motives are quarterly profits, bottom line numbers. 
And then they may come and work for a family business where profit is not the primary motive. And what they look for are things like, you know, I don't want to, I make enough money. I'm not worried about more, you know, profits. What I want to do is get from 80 hours a week down to 40 or 50. I want to spend time with my grandkids. Uh, I've got Junior that's been working here in the business for 10 years. I want Junior to be the successor for the company. But guess what? He doesn't know how to run a business. And I'm dad or I'm mom, so Junior doesn't listen to me. How do we get the family member in a position so they're ready to transition into the CEO type role? So there's a lot of dynamics that happens with that, and I've seen just about all of them. And that's why it's fun to relate because most people that go in to a family-owned business uh, have certain preconceived notions and they may struggle when things don't operate quite the way that they expected when they came on board. Yeah, there's no, uh, there's no argument with the fact that a family-owned business has its own set of dynamics in addition to all the dynamics that a business in general has. Let's talk about that, that straight up to me, the beginning point of discussing a topic like this, pros and cons of a family business. Talk to us about the pros and cons of that model, the family business model. Sure. The, the thing that I love about a family-owned business is that uh, many actually operate like a family. And if you work for them, they will treat you like a family member. I'll give you a couple examples from my history. I started with a 25-year-old family-owned business. I was a vice president at the time and had a lot of responsibility. About two months in, I had a nephew that, unfortunately, he and his wife lost their baby at birth. Okay. Now, keep in mind, it wasn't a brother sister. It was a nephew. Okay. The owner of the company came into my office and said, Rich, we're not asking. We're telling you, you will fly to Georgia for the funeral. Okay, so with all my responsibilities, I got on the plane. We went to the funeral. And what do we find there? The largest bouquet of flowers at the funeral was from this company. And everyone kept looking around asking, where did this come from? Who are these people? And someone said, that's where Rich Hall works. And see, that was commonplace with some I've worked at. Uh, bringing in a chef because they wanted work-life balance and they wanted healthy employees or having massages, things like that. So a lot can be much more employee-oriented than, say, more of a public-type company. And that can appeal to a lot of people. And for me, I've enjoyed it. Others, you know, maybe a little bit different because that sort of can lead into the, what I would say, cons, perhaps, of a family-owned business. Well, what are some of the cons? I mean, uh, being someone who grew up in a family business and been part of other family businesses, because being in business with other family members, I think I made a, a lifetime of, of my career jumping from family business to family business. Uh, what are some of the cons that people need to recognize if they're going into or thinking about joining a family business? Well, I think a couple of the cons, and I say that from the perspective of, you know, if you know what you're getting yourself into, then it's not a con. Okay, but I'll, I'll give some examples. As I've said a number of times, uh, 
profitability may not be the number one driver or motivation for the company. It could be employee, family life, work balance, et cetera. So if you come from a company that, say, a larger public-type company, they may have things like compensation packages, benefits packages that you would love to bring forward that, say, a family-owned business may not be able to afford, as an example. So it's not really a con, but you measure things like work-life balance as its own benefit and compare that to things you may get you know, with other companies. Um, you've got others, the family nuances that occur. Uh, there's always family dynamics. You've got the owner of the company. Then you may have one of their brothers, sisters, family members that also is within the company itself. Well, anytime a family member carries the family name, there is that assumption by the other employees of power. You know, you may not be the boss, you may not be the owner, but you have Sunday afternoon dinner with the owner. So it's one of those that you have to recognize the dynamics. And part of what we do is when we come in is to help these businesses understand how they may be perceived by their employees and things that they can do to help themselves be more successful. So a lot of the cons that may come up are really about comparisons to other entities people may have worked at, but the actual companies themselves, I enjoy family businesses because when it comes down to people caring and really treating you like a family, it's hard to find that anywhere else. Yeah, that offset. I mean, like anything, it's you got to weigh both pros and cons. You know, one of the things I ran into recently, I was mentoring an individual, worked for a family-owned business, started by the father and mother. Uh, the father, unfortunately, had passed away, and the mother succeeded to running the business, but she had the background, the experience, had been in the business. Mm -hmm. They built it up. We're a nice-sized player, smaller player in a, in a, in a big market, uh, but doing well. Uh, but the son... The son didn't grab on. Mm -hmm. And so fast forward, the son's in his 40s, you know, and mother's reached an age now in her 60s, going to 70s, that she wants to transition out, right, enjoy yep. life. Because this was a day-to-day -day business, a lot of service involved. And uh, But the son had never, I mean, he drew a check, but he was, in a sense, protected, I believe, by the, the, the his parents. So he didn't really have to work. Yeah. And uh, somebody lit a match. Uh, his his wife ran off on him, so to speak, to use an old expression. And they had several children. And all of a sudden, that dynamic became raw and open because the son goes off trying, you know, he's gone. And mama wants to leave, and uh, who knows what's going to happen. But uh, yeah. someone came to me and asked me to mentor them that uh, – potentially looked at buying that business or talking about they'd worked there for a long time, but they saw that this was not going to be a good end when all these things explode. So family things, personal things happen, and it, and it can impact the business in a tremendous that way. You are exactly right, Rick. And, the, and that's a great example of somebody reaching out to you for assistance in an area that they may not be able to handle themselves. Like you said, the mom did great running the business, but now getting into the transition mode, kids don't always listen to parents. 
And those dynamics can make it tough at times. So bringing in an outsider, having a conversation, looking objectively at the things that the family member needs to know. And like you've run businesses before, like I have, it's a lot different when you have the seat, right? You're at the top because then you have to balance all the different uh, objectives that people have, the challenges, things from all perspectives. You have to take a budget and you have to carve it up in the best way possible for the business. And each department has their own needs and what they want to accomplish, but you're the one that ultimately has to make the decisions. So it can be tough for a family member who's always had the paycheck, didn't really have to worry about that, to then be thrust into that hot seat and try to figure out what's best for the company as a whole. Yeah, you make an excellent point. That, that paycheck and not having to work and advance, uh, to me, is a prescription potentially for disaster. Well, believe it or not, we're at the end of our first segment. We're going to need to take a break here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take our commercial break. When we come back, Rich, let's make this conversation, kind of take it a little further down the road and talk about some of the things that specifically you people offering advice can do for a family business. So we're going to be right back with you. Stick with us, and we'll see you in a moment. Not sure who to turn to when you have a problem in your business? Listen to the Weekly Business Hour on Lone Star Community Radio. Don't miss Lone Star Community Radio on TV and YouTube. Our talk show and music shows are featured on Our City TV, Suddenlink Channel 12, and have their own YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe to keep up with posted shows and comment on them below the video. Statistics show that one out of every six Texans struggles with food insecurity and hunger. And many people don't eat enough fruits and vegetables every day. The Better Living for Texans program is here to help you learn how to make healthy menu choices, save money at the grocery store, prepare quick and delicious meals, get more good nutrition in your day, and get more physical activity. Classes are fun, friendly, interactive, and free, and taught in English and Spanish. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. The COVID pandemic has caused major shifts in business ownership and employment status. Linda Ballesteros can provide new opportunities for employees, employers, business owners, and entrepreneurs. Linda leverages her 30-plus year career in banking to provide franchising opportunities to those seeking to succeed in a post-COVID world. Contact 832-640-4922 or email Linda at mpowerfranchiseconsulting.com. That's Linda at the letter M, powerfranchiseconsulting.com. For those of you who like your partners, your gumbo, and your music salty, well, we're here to help with the music. Julian Shea here, host of Lone Star Country Nights Thursday, your weekly dose of roots and Americana and all the music that makes this part of the country special. We stir in western swing, honky-tonk, zydeco, Texas blues, outlaw country, and put a pinch of red dirt, and then we smoke it over a slow fire. Then listen to the results Thursday nights on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. It's all about business on the Weekly Business Hour every Monday at 11 a.m. on Lone Star Community Radio. Well, welcome back. You've been listening to the Weekly Business Hour. Rick Schistler, your host, and we've been having a what I think a very fruitful and beneficial conversation with Rich Hall. Rich is the uh, power to be at the Rich Hall Group. You can find them at richhallgroup.com. 
Uh, Rich is a well-known executive coach and advisor primarily to privately owned businesses. And Rich, I appreciate you taking time to be here. That goes without saying, but we're having a conversation about family-owned businesses. Uh, near and dear to my heart because I was literally born into one uh, and then worked in others that I formed with other family members. So uh, it's something I know about and always anxious to learn more about. We talked about pros and cons. Let's kind of go into some of the challenges that you've seen because you've worked with a lot of phone, uh, family-owned businesses as a quote-unquote outsider, non-family member, uh, but you've also been in a family business as a family member. What do you think some of the biggest challenges facing family-owned businesses are? Well, I think one of the big challenges is when a family-owned business starts its growth process. You know, there was a family member that basically started the company at some point, worked all the long, hard hours, basically had every position in the company, and then they grew it to where it was or where it is today, right? But then what happens is you start stretching your skill sets outside of areas of comfort. For example, you may be really enjoying technology or let's say sales and marketing. And then all of a sudden the requirement for the business is that you need to roll up your sleeve and get in the financials. Well, that may not be a comfort area for you, but a lot of times business owners you know, saying, this company is my baby. I understand it better than anyone. So what we'll do is come in and try to understand, again, what their vision of success is, what they're trying to accomplish. Ask to see, do all the employees know it and understand it? In other words, is there clarity around the vision? Uh, you'd be surprised when you interview employees within the company and you get different answers about what it is you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, then the second thing we'll do is, let's get all the leadership team on the same play, same playing page there, right? And let's make sure that everyone's aligned toward that goal and toward that vision. And then at that point, we at Rich Hall Group become more of what we like to call a success guide. Meaning we're not the expert that comes in, the company has the experts today we just provide hard feedback and try to guide the owner down the path of things that we've learned to be successful you know, through our experience. So an example, one of the hardest things, and I had a meeting with a very successful family business owner a while back, and his biggest challenge was I've got a leadership team here, and it rarely seems like they're ever able to deliver on time or the products that I want. And I said, well, tell me a little bit more about that and how you operate there. And I said, what is your role? And he said, well, I'm the CEO, but I'm also probably the most knowledgeable on the product. I said, okay, are you the chief product officer? He said, no, I've got one of those. I said, okay, I could start seeing what was happening. You see, when the owner would walk into a meeting he wouldn't hold the team members accountable for delivery. He would come in and offer his two cents and his advice about what's going on. Well, here's what was happening. It was undermining the authority and confidence of the team members. So they weren't giving him what he needed to have. They were giving him what they thought he wanted to hear. 
and they became afraid to make decisions. I looked at him and I said, you're what we call a seagull manager. You dive bomb in, you stir up the pot, and then you swoop back out. And now people are not sure what the right direction is. They're confused. Well, he looked at me and he said, Rich, you're the first person that's ever come into my company and talked to me that way. And I said, that's what you hire me for. I'm not there to be your friend. We expose areas or barriers that may need to be overcome. And that's what we do is help you knock them down and guide you through how you can be a better leader and a better owner of the company while then encouraging your team to be much more successful. You know, it's, it's, to me, that is the number one challenge uh, in the small business is the founder. Mm -hmm. He or she, or if it's a, a, a spouse, you know, you got, there's two of them. I grew up in a business that was like that. It was grandparents. Okay? Yeah. And uh, known affectionately to us as mama and papa, right, to the grandkids. Mm -hmm. But they ran the business together. Now, papa was in charge. There's no doubt about it. But mama was there to make sure they kept a few dollars for themselves at the end yeah. of the day. Right? Exactly. But you, the founders are the ones typically, not only do they engage you to come in and help them, but they also, like in your example there, they're the stumbling block uh, as, uh, as founders of a business. And I find that uh, so often in visiting and looking at companies and opportunities, uh, what is that old expression? Uh, a man's got to know his limitations. Yeah. That's always a big issue about how far or what can I do, can't do. That's true of almost every small business that starts the startups. You're, you know? you're exactly right. It, it's tough. Uh, we also use the term, are you working in the business versus own the business? You know, when you're starting it, you're doing, you know, basically every role that there is. But at some point, you've got to back off, hire the absolute best team around you, and then you become the leader. You're the one that leads the way and holds them accountable. And especially for a family business owner, that's tough because that's your baby. And would these people treat your baby as well as you would or have in the past? Perhaps even better. But what you have to do is you have to be the leader to guide them where you want the vision to go. You know, that, that brings up, I think, a very salient point. If I'm listening to this conversation and I own a business, a family business, uh, is hiring those people those non-family members, particularly if it's in a key position, financial, chief financial officer, controller, whatever it might be. Uh, it could be, you know, the head of accounting, if depending on the size of the business. Uh, it could be in the marketing area. It could be this, the sales manager. Because normally people reach that certain level where they're supervising, managing people. They're looking at their position long term. Do mm -hmm. I want to work at this company? They're really thinking about it. I think uh, we feel every potential employee does, but I think people, as they move up the ranks, really, what's my next step? And now I'm gonna go to work for a company that's got family, uh, either at the top or maybe spread out. How do you convince someone that's really good at what they do and you think would be a real asset? What do you advise your clients to, to convince to get that right person on their team who's a non-family member? Oh, I tell you, a tough question, Rick, because I've actually come in before where I was the hired gun. 
that I was brought in at a president level of a company. And the company had a great product and had been very successful through the years, but they were running into some challenging financial problems. Uh, the technology was older. Uh, they were losing market share. And what I learned right off was that it was critical for whoever comes on board to be fully aligned with the owner and the company. Because again, at the end of the day, that family owns the business. If they want to take the business 180 degrees in different direction, it may not make sense to you or it may not be logical, but you never want to cross with the family members, especially not out in public. One of the rules that I always said was, I always support the owner of the company in front of other employees, in meetings, whatever it was that, that was in the public, but we had to have the relationship behind the scenes that says, okay, we're gonna bring up some tough issues and we're gonna talk about it. You said this in a meeting, is that really what you meant? Because we'll execute on it, but it could mean shutting down half the company to accomplish it. And that way, that kind of relationship that you're having with the owners uh, instills more confidence because for them, they've got to have confidence that you as an outsider care for that company as much if not more than they do. And if you can instill that confidence through competence, through hard work, through results, then you can become pseudo part of the family, so to speak. You may not be a shareholder, but you will be a trusted employee that could have a great career and be with that company for years to come. Yeah, you make a great point. And I think that's one of the bigger challenges of a family-owned business. Well, Rich, we've, believe it or not, have come to the end of another segment. Uh, do you have a few minutes to stick around? And Because we've got another really important point I'd like to talk about. Uh, do you have time? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, well, we've got a great point, I think, is how to be more effective in the family business as a family and non-family member, one of the topics you suggested. And I think there's a lot there for our listeners. So we're going to take a bottom-of-the-hour break. Hope you'll stay with us, and we'll be right back in a moment and continue this conversation with Mr. Rich Hall. Thanks. For business ideas and news you can use, join us on the weekly business hour every Monday at 11 a.m. on Lone Star Community Radio. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available in Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776 to take your first step into the radio world. The COVID pandemic has caused major shifts in business ownership and employment status. Linda Ballesteros can provide new opportunities for employees, employers, business owners, and entrepreneurs. Linda leverages her 30-plus year career in banking to provide franchising opportunities to those seeking to succeed in a post-COVID world. Contact 832-640-4922 or email Linda at mpowerfranchiseconsulting.com. That's Linda 
at the letter M, powerfranchiseconsulting.com. Hey guys, this is Connor. This is Dick. This is Chris. And we're with the Ticket Stub Podcast every Thursday live at noon on 104.5 and 106.1 FM in the Conroe area. Also, anytime at IRLoneStar.com. You go to IRLoneStar.com backslash TTS. You can find all of our social media. And don't forget, we give away two tickets to the Grand Theater on every show. If you like movies and you like complaining or celebrating anything that has to do with the silver screen, Check out the Ticket Stuff podcast and join us every Thursday at noon o'clock on Lone Star Community Radio. Is there someone you know who is hooked on vintage aircraft? Follow the commemorative Air Force and its fleet of World War II planes, including the mighty B-17 Flying Fortress Texas Raiders, which is based in Conroe, Texas. Texas Raiders tours locally and all around the United States, offering the public a chance to put their hands on aviation history. What could be a more perfect gift and a flight on a historic B-17. Taking to the sky on the iconic bomber is an experience that will never be forgotten. For the touring schedule, reservations, or more information, go to b17texasraiders.org or call 855-FLY-A-B-17. Not sure who to turn to when you have a problem in your business? Listen to the weekly business hour on Lone Star Community Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You've been listening to the Weekly Business Hour. Uh, we're moving into our second half hour today on Monday, October 12th. And we had a great conversation with Mr. Rich Hall so far. But before we continue that conversation, I want to mention our show sponsor today. I've talked about him a little bit earlier. Uh, hopefully you've heard a commercial or two during the breaks. But it's Empower. That's mpowerconsulting.com. Linda Ballastoris. Uh, is the owner there, the principal, and it's a great opportunity they offer is for someone who is thinking about opening a business but following the franchise model. In other words, trying to find a franchise model that will work for them. Uh, I've been involved in this kind of search before, uh, and I think someone like Linda can really, really be a benefit to you that are thinking about starting a business and really want to explore the idea of being part of a franchise. So if you've been recently downsized due to the pandemic, now's the time maybe to revisit your dream. I've talked to several people uh, in the last uh, few months that said, gosh, corporate's fine, but I get laid off. So I want to be my own master and commander, so to speak. So it's a time to do it. I'd reach out to Linda. Linda has over 30 years of very direct business experience in working in banking, uh, going through loan applications, talking to business people. She's literally had hundreds and hundreds of conversations that give her the experience and the background and the understanding to be able to guide you in searching for a franchise. Easy to contact her. Just send her an email at Linda, L-I-N-D-A, very simple, at M, that's the capital M, Power franchiseconsulting.com or just give her a call 832-640-4922 and thank you Linda for being a sponsor of the weekly business hour and by the way if you have a question for our guest for me or you have a comment about the show or even a question about your business itself uh, that's the business I'm in is mentoring and advising small businesses and I love to get those questions and have that dialogue uh, just send me an email, real simple. Email to one, that's my company, one, the number one, bestconsult at gmail.com. One bestconsult at gmail.com. And let's have a conversation. Well, Rich, you've been sitting, we've been talking offline. 
about uh, working with family businesses, dynamics of family businesses. Uh, you and I, between us, have 50, 60 plus years of experience around family businesses. And I think one of the most important things is uh, that comes up, it, it happened to me, is where we have family members, because that's why it's right. It's, not, it's a family business, which means two or more, in my mind, of family working in the business. Right. Uh, it could be husband and wife, uh, father, son, father, daughter, uh, cousins, whatever it is. But when you get two or more people in the same family, you have a true family business. Uh, this, to me, creates a dynamic where a family member can come into the business. Usually, the door is open by birth, that they were born into the family. Sometimes it's otherwise. Uh, in my case, I had to apply for the job. <laughs> and I was I was given a salary to begin that was very uh, similar to any other job I could have obtained once I graduated from college, uh, and it was real uh, real heads up because our family, my dad in particular, made a real effort to keep it at arm's length uh, for a lot of good reasons and some we talked about. But what do you do when you've got a family member who's come on board? Typically, they're younger. If age, it really makes that much difference. And so they may be a hard worker, but they never plug into the plan. They have their own direction, uh, their own mindset. Uh, you can call them Generation XYZ if you want, but yeah. this happens. They, they disagree. They want to go different ways. Uh, talk to us about that a little bit. Well, I think, let me say this. When you have a family-owned business that's run, what I would say, smooth, smooth, uh, run great like I'd say business models that you see and really uh, highly successful business practices and processes coupled with the culture of a family-owned business there's nothing better and it's a great place to be at great place for employees and family members alike but where one of the challenges that you always have to be mindful is when you bring in a family member in a particular role, number one, they need to have a job description. That is something that ensures that they're held accountable for their job, that there's performance metrics associated with it, and there's expectations associated with it. You know, to me, I always consult with clients, when you're at work, you're at work. That's the job. The owner may be dad, but don't walk into a meeting and say, oh, dad, we talked about this over the weekend, okay? Because all that'll do is, again, create power dynamics and all kind of problems because then that employee may go off somewhere else, have other conversations within the company, and then now the employees are confused. Okay, do I listen to the owner or do I listen to Junior? So to me, it's treating family members like they're employees. And you coach them, you nurture them, you get them training, you give them a career path, and you hold them accountable. And it can be tough for those that didn't start out that way. Like you're talking about, some may say, well, I need someone in sales, and Junior has always been good talking with people, so now they can come in the sales. All right, but then the company grows. And does Junior have a sales process? 
Does Junior have training? How do you know to sell something that the company can deliver? You know, the things that you would interview a regular employee for, I challenge owners, do the same with family members. Now, it doesn't mean at the end of the day that if they're not quite where you would like them to be, that you're going to fire them. You know, I don't anyway recommend that. But what it does is give you the opportunity to then set up a development plan for that employee slash family member. Because one of the top factors that the owners come back and tell me is, again, I wish I had a family member that I felt confident in that could one day take over and run the company like I have and hopefully even uh, grow it and make it even greater than what it is today. But that doesn't happen overnight. And there are generational differences that occur today. A lot of the younger generations care more about, uh, you know, work-life balance or may care more about social issues than, say, some of the what I call top-down authority figures of some of the older generations that may use power versus influence or leadership. Well, guess what? There's no silver bullet. You get in there and you understand working with the generations, what they're looking for, but at the end of the day, we're still trying to accomplish the goals of the company and how best do we do that. Sometimes, like we've talked, the best move may be bringing somebody like yourself in or Rich Hall Group to actually get an objective view and to take a look at what's the best evaluation and then let's lay out a leadership development plan, for example, that we can use over time to get the family member where they need to be and to be run the company much more successfully. You know, you, you make a wonderful point, and I hope folks pick up on it, particularly those with the family business uh, idea is that if you're looking for a family member to truly be productive in the business and not just be getting a check, and sometimes yeah. there's reasons to do that, um, and I encourage just mail them the check. Don't have them come around the business. To do that. <laughs> but the idea that that individual should be, in my opinion, treated at least up front, if not all the way, like they were an outsider. In other words, you got a career development plan. Every key employee in every company, I don't care if it's family-owned or the bank owns it, right? They need mm -hmm. to have a pathway and understand where they can go within that company. And that's the key people, at least in a small business, need to do that, particularly if you're going to hire the best people. So I think we're back to the founder and having a mindset that they want to build a quality, solid business. And it gets down to what their exit strategy is. Uh, but I encourage you, uh, as a listener and someone who has a family business, I was blessed to have it happen to me. I mean, my father, who was my direct boss, and my uncle, they were partners. But my father forever was Mr. Schistler. Mm -hmm. Never. And I had people later in life when I was in my 30s and 40s, because even though I went out on my own and started businesses, I stayed connected to the family business and was always available and oversaw certain things for the family. And people would comment to me, say, well, you, why do you call him Mr.? Right? Well, that means I had accomplished the purpose that I had been taught was to show the respect and whatnot, just, not just for the individual, but for the company. And so other employees would look at me 
and say, well, there's not any favoritism there that I can see. Now I can make something up. But the idea was we're in business to be in business. Yeah. And that is a way to accomplish your goals if you're looking to build the strongest, best company uh, or you have certain numerical goals, whatever it is. So I think it's important not only for the founders and the owners and the managers, but also for the person they're dealing with. Because I was on the other end at that point, and I was always dealt with in that way when it came to business. You're you're exactly right, Rick. And and you know I've I've used the the approach with businesses where I've said, much like you've just described, when you're at work, it's Mister or it's Mrs. Whenever the company business is brought up, whether it could be social hour, now you're the owner of the company. You deserve the respect, and you're the one that's leading the way for all the employees, not just family-owned family members. And if it's treated that way, then the, the family members know and understand their role, and you can always go off script away from work at home, but when you're at the office, you're always treat the person that is the family member with respect you do your best you can at the job and one of the one of the best examples i had ever seen was when someone worked at the company for six months and was doing a fantastic job and people one evening just in social hour were talking and it came up and says yes but did you know that's the owner's son and nobody had any idea that that was the case because they were just a high-performing individual that you know did their job did it very well and treated other employees with respect and treated the company with respect and they were very successful but no one knew that was a family member and to me that that's that plays out in bigger better more assured success for the company i mean it's just a trait that you can use to obtain outstanding results. We've got a minute or so left. I would like you to kind of close and talk about the idea that we've got a family business. What is the real, in your opinion, number one advantage of being involved in a family business? We talk a lot about the cons or the challenges. Sure. What is, in your opinion, what you've seen, your experience, the real advantage for people to consider uh, the family business model? You know, I would say for me, and it's the same way with our family, is if you're considering starting your own family business or you've got one today, what it does is it gives you, and the word I would use is the flexibility to be able to do things with that company that really, as I would state earlier, allows you to achieve your vision of success. Uh, again, it could be that you want to be voted as the number one employee-centric company in Houston. Or it could be that you want to give back to the community. And by having a family-owned business, you're able to accomplish that. And to me, there's no better career than to be able to say, I have at my responsibility, my family and these employees that we're going to give a great livelihood to and also achieve what our desires are for the business. Yeah, I think that's wonderful because you really you're you're the boss, 
So if you've got a vision that uh, goes into many different areas, you're going to make that choice and support that choice. Exactly. I, I never could work for anybody because yeah. eventually it just that's what I like doing. Sure. I like building. So it's it's my choice. Yep. Uh, win or lose. Well, Rich, I can't thank you enough for being with us today. Could you tell people if they're interested in talking to you uh, or communicating with you the best ways for them to get in touch with you? Personally? Sure. Uh, email is always good, which is rich.hall at richhallgroup.com. If you'd like to look a little bit more and learn a little bit more about us, again, go to the website. Uh, I would also encourage that if you're on social media like LinkedIn, connect with us on LinkedIn. We publish a lot of very relevant content that may help you as a uh, business owner uh, achieve your vision of success. So. Thank you again, Rick, for having us. Had a great time, and hopefully the listeners have as well. Well, I appreciate that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take our final break of the day. When we come back, I'm going to offer you my one best consult tip of the week entitled Uncertainty and the Risk You Take. So I hope you'll stay with us, and we'll be right back with you. For business ideas and news you can use, join us on the weekly business hour every Monday at 11 a.m. on Lone Star Community Radio. Have a legal question? Are you a resident of Montgomery County? Call 281-645-6344 to talk to a volunteer attorney from the Woodlands Bar Association. We answer the phones on the first Monday of every month at 281-645-6344 from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. to provide general legal information and information about legal resources to Montgomery County residents. Remember to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on your computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. Lone Star Community Radio broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. The COVID pandemic has caused major shifts in business ownership and employment status. Linda Ballesteros can provide new opportunities for employees, employers, business owners, and entrepreneurs. Linda leverages her 30-plus year career in banking to provide franchising opportunities to those seeking to succeed in a post-COVID world. Contact 832-640-4922 or email Linda at mpowerfranchiseconsulting.com. That's Linda at the letter M, powerfranchiseconsulting.com. For those of you who like your partners, your gumbo, and your music salty, well, we're here to help with the music. Julian Shea here, host of Lone Star Country Nights Thursday, your weekly dose of roots and Americana and all the music that makes this part of the country special. We stir in western swing, honky-tonk, zydeco, Texas blues, outlaw country, and put a pinch of red dirt, and then we smoke it over a slow fire. Then listen to the results Thursday nights on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. For business ideas and news you can use, join us on the weekly business hour every Monday at 11 a.m. on Lone Star Community Radio. Welcome back to the weekly business hour. 
just had a wonderful conversation with Mr. Rich Hall, the Rich Hall Group, uh, about family-owned businesses, the pros, cons, the advantages. And for someone who grew up in a family business and created other family businesses, uh, it was very enlightening. Uh, and if you're in a family business or thinking about forming one by taking in a family member as a partner, however you're going to do it, uh, I, I encourage you to reach out to Rich and uh, seek some advice. Uh, and have a mentor, an advisor. I'm a big believer in that. When I was a business owner, and I'm a big believer in the last 15 plus years of offering my help, my advice, my experience to those who are in the small business world. Well, one best consult tip of the week, uncertainty and the risk you take. Well, there's no doubt that all of us are stuck right now in an uncertain world. Uh, but that's the case, in my opinion, 365 days a year, year by year. Uh, this year, it's uh, more readily identified. And for many of us in small business, it's, it's been a real harsh harsh reality that's set in on our businesses, particularly for folks like in the restaurant business where they had to shut down completely uh, regardless of their desire to be open. They were not allowed by the government to be open. So uh, there's a lot of uncertainty out there when we're going to be able to reopen, when we're going to be able to get a vaccine, and for those who will take a vaccine. Uh, it's just, but it's always there. Uncertainty is part of life, and it's definitely part of small business. And so I have three questions, basically, uh, two questions and, and a couple quick ideas for you. Have you taken time to evaluate how much uncertainty really exists in your business today? Now, six months ago, it might have been different. Six months from now, hopefully, it'll be different. But have you taken stock of things, so to speak? Have you taken stock of the uncertainty in your business? And you say, well, gosh, what, I know it's uncertainty. I, you know, I don't, can't find good people. Uh, I've laid off half my staff, whatever, all kinds of uncertainty. But take a moment and write it down. Write down the key factors that are causing the uncertainty. And of course, the pandemic, but what it, other things as a result of the pandemic or otherwise. Uh, hiring good employees is one of the things I'm beginning to hear from businesses that are open or opening up. It's, it's very difficult for them to do that. Uh, so that's an uncertainty. Where am I going to find the people I need to grow my business? But you need to identify those things. You need to be very honest with yourself in that exercise. It won't take long, but take some time, step away uh, this evening, this afternoon, perhaps on the weekend, and determine what your uncertainties are and what applies to your business and write it down. Secondly, what kind of risk are there out there to your business? Well, uncertainty and risk kind of go together. But when I talk about risk, I'm really asking you to zero in on how much risk you and your family, assuming you're in a small business and you've got a family, uh, are you willing to take to be in business? So I think it's very, very important that you reevaluate or check off because you should have already evaluated your risk before you got in business. We all have a different risk tolerance. So I encourage you to do so. You need to set goals, parameters, perhaps even some financial numbers and say, gosh, if I don't get to this point, this benchmark by this point in time, then I'm going to reevaluate staying in this business. Okay? You need to do that. You need to do that for yourself, for your business, for your employees, for your family. You need to establish that so it's not every night, am I going to make it? Am I going to make it? Well, what is it that you got to make? Most people, most business owners, small business owners, don't have a clue. 
Once you do these, identifying, quantifying the uncertainty, establishing or reestablishing the risk that you're willing to accept, remain flexible, okay, within the boundaries or the benchmarks you set. And the old expression, don't forget it, know when to hold and when to fold. Hard decisions are a lot easier if you have a written plan to follow. I hope this is helpful advice. If you want to talk about it a little more, contact me. Very simple. OneBestConsult at gmail.com. Also want to mention that a copy of today's show, podcast and videocast, will be available on Wednesday of this week on social media, on the radio station here at IRLoneStar.com, and on our website at OneBestConsult.com. I appreciate you listening to us. I hope you'll tune in next week. We've got a special guest coming next week as well, Mr. Hank Moore, who is a writer, speaker. He'll join us for a conversation about his newest Pulitzer Prize-nominated book. I think you'll find it very interesting. It's a business book. He's written several uh, Pulitzer Prize-nominated books. Hank's a great individual, a great author, and has a lot to say that is very helpful to you as small business owners. Till next week. Stay engaged and keep your focus on what's important for your business. Today's show was recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and all rights and ownership are reserved to Lone Star Community Radio. For more information regarding this program and Lone Star Community Radio, visit us online at IRLoneStar.com. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station, serving the community with local programming on TV, radio, and online. If you enjoyed today's program, please support us by sponsorship or starting your own show. Contact us today by phone or text at 936-666-1084 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.